0: Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I'm your host, Andy Rieger of J Rieger & Co., along with my esteemed cohort, Matt Basinger of SwellSpark. We're here today with Let It Fly Media, who's producing this, and our wonderful sponsor, Hub International. Today we have Trey Vdoc of SKC Communications. Trey, welcome to the show. Thank you very
1: much. Glad so, to be here. Tell us, SKC, what do you guys do? SKC sells collaboration technologies, Primarily to bid market, enterprise, higher ed, um, across seven offices. Uh, We're nationwide, but most of our business today is in the Midwest. How many people do you guys have? We're
0: right at about 300. And has that stayed consistent from the time that COVID hit? How has that really impacted the way that you guys have really been working?
1: So it took about 40 seconds for COVID to come up. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> like I had in the, the under. I had the under of that. Yeah. So that was actually longer than I thought. Um, you know, r- we have pretty much stayed at the same headcount. So we haven't had. Um, we had a small reduction kind of early on, um, but nothing too out of the norm. So so today we we've been super blessed because, uh, at the end of the day, we sell technology that help people collaborate. Um, so, you know, it's not hand sanitizer. Um, but we're also not a restaurant, so so we're, we're pretty lucky to be in the market that we're in. And and with you guys and sort of the way that you guys are have always been installing these
0: technologies, have you guys started potentially moving that technology into people's homes with companies engaging in you to help with their own employees?
1: Yeah, the challenges for employers right now is – how do we get everybody working together and what combination of voice and video and audiovisual stuff does that entail? So a lot of our spaces that we've built out are inside of company offices. And those are clearly not being used right now, but the expectation is when employees come back, that more collaboration spaces are going to be important. And so we're already kind of selling into that and helping people set up, you know, maybe they had 10 offices that were set up with video conferencing and an audio. And now they're like, hey, we need 30 or 40 so everybody can have more space. And then some of the hardware that we sell has definitely gone into people's homes as they're sitting at their desk or the kitchen table working. So the, the COVID in some ways has been a tailwind to the business, um, selling cameras, selling headsets. Um, and in other ways, been a head, headwind in the sense that um, people aren't back to the offices yet. But they will be. And when they're back, they'll be more used to using the technologies that, w- that we sell. So so, mo-
0: so more or less, it's an SKC or airplanes.
1: Yeah. That's a great way to say it's it.
0: A, I'd, yeah. I'd like to be on your side of the aisle during yep. this, and, I guess. And, and we spent a
1: long time convincing people that, hey, video can work. Um, right. But there was just kind of like, I need to see everybody face to face, all this kind of good stuff. And of the... Of, one of the positive things I think that will happen through COVID is the efficiency and the cost savings of the healthcare systems and governments and enterprises are now forced to adopt some of this technology. And I think some of that's going to stick long term, which is a good thing because costs needed. we need to be able to see a doctor, a, a dermatology, without driving there and waiting an hour. We, we should be able to do that over video, and those barriers have been broken down now. An hour? I feel like every time I reach out to a dermatologist, they're like, it'll be six months
2: before I can get you a Right, right. This is not new technology. It's not like you. this was a pivot for you. I know so many companies have. But this is technology that you've been both selling and servicing for years and years and years. COVID, it sounds like, has kind of given an opportunity where people are are starting to understand just really the true benefit of what it is you guys can do, have done. Um, All that said, that's that's just a comment, Trey. I want to back it up pre-COVID. How in the world did you get to the point where you're at? Like, did you, as an eight-year-old, were you like, I want to do communication technology? Like, how did this happen?
1: You know, primarily luck, you know, and I thought about this. Uh, um, By the way, we'd
0: like to say that this is Trey's first ever
1: podcast, so we feel honored. I have listened to podcasts, though. Does that does that count? <laughs> your, your amateur status is turning to professional <laughs> yeah. today. Right. Um. You know, running the it, – it is a 45-minute story, and we've got three minutes left. Um, but long story short, I left the corporate world, took a risk, became the seventh employee at this company, and then ended up coming together with my siblings and buying the company a while back. And um, it's been a fun ride ever since. But the luck component of it is, um, you know, A, I was, I was lucky to be raised in a home where education was super important. I was lucky to be raised in a home where – you know, we had food, we had shelter. Um, so I got to go to college. Um, it was primarily it mostly paid for and um, I worked hard. Uh, but when this opportunity came came along, I jumped out of the corporate world and dove in and it's been a hell of a ride.
2: You say you jumped out of the corporate world over the course of running this business to a degree. You've kind of, maybe, maybe I'm being presumptuous, but brought it back into the corporate world a little bit and that you are serving businesses, corporations, educational institutions, but you've been able to to kind of do it your way. So, having said all that, like what what's working for you? Why do you really love this career? You know, why didn't you jump ship for something else? What kind of has bound you to this idea of a communication industry serving people? Helping yeah, people? I
1: don't know if it. The, and the luck also was that we, you know, the business that I stepped into was in the communications world. It, this was not when I was eight. I was not sitting around <laughs> thinking about, man, I want to build video networks or AV networks or voice networks. Um, so, you know, what, what what I love about what I do right now is we, we get to build what I think is an awesome company, do awesome work for our clients. We get to drive around town or go around uh, different cities and see the work that we did. Um, and I think we've launched a lot of awesome careers at SKC. So we've got people that have been with us for 20-plus years, and we've got people that started with us and went on to do other really cool things, and we, t- we take a ton of pride in that. So... What, uh,
2: leading a company is hard. Leading a company from being employee number seven all the way up to having 300, 300 staff around not just the Kansas City area but a region is, I mean, it, that's not something that a lot of folks can do. What, what do you think is one thing that's influenced you to make good decisions? Why do you think you've had the level of success that you've had as a leader? Brag on yourself a little bit. That's what podcasts are for, right? Well,
1: we got a lot left to do, by the way, and we, we, we have made way more mistakes than we've done things right. For sure. There's a couple different, you know, I guess to try to let me be brief. Um, let me, culture, let me be brief. Let me be brief. <laughs> I think culture is everything for us. And that's the kind of the way we frame kind of everything we do. So the, the question is what's more important, culture or strategy? And we talk about this. And, and our, our argument is that you can change strategy, but you can't change culture. So I'd, I'd like to think that everything we do kind of says, hey, is this going to align with, with the culture of the company? Servant leadership is a kind of a burden that I learned a long time ago, which essentially, you know, the short story with servant leadership is you take the org chart and you turn it upside down. And you realize that your job is to really enable and serve the people that are above you. And then your job is to get those people to do the same thing with the people that are above them. Um, and, and that's, and that's what we do. So when we add our 301st employee next week, you know, I, I look at it as more of a burden to make sure that we do everything that we can to make that individual successful. Um, and so that approach, that servant leadership approach is kind of the way we view the world. So we want to attract people that we, we want to attract people that like to kick ass do work for clients, take a lot of pride in their work. That's everybody says that I'm assuming, but, but we want to exceed clients' expectations every single day. We measure it. Um, and we want to continue to grow and we want to people that have people that are willing to take risks. That was a long answer. I'm sorry. No, it's good. You'll cut most of that. I'm sure. Probably, probably not.
0: So I'm the finance guy and I always like to ask a few finance questions, nothing too invasive of course, but with what's going on right now in COVID and all of that, what's been your number one concern financially? Do you have bankers that are always calling you, asking about how things are going, and they're a thorn in your side? Are you specifically looking at cash flow on a daily basis as opposed to normal, whereas that would be the CFO's job? Kind of,
1: where's your brain falling into the financial world right now? First of all, in times of peace, prepare for war. So you just have to know that these things are going to happen, and you've got to have your company set up and ready to ready to be ready to be to deal with situations. I go back to '08 and '09 when the financial crisis happened. Um, we actually had some of our best years in '9, '10, and '11 because we were able to hire people and get aggressive when there were opportunities. and I, And the same thing is happening right now. We we just hired three people last week. We opened up a new region in New York City. We see this as a, just a giant opportunity. Now, that said, we're also going back to the luck factor. We're lucky that we don't – United Airlines is not a customer. We don't have any airlines that are customers. We don't have any retail chains that are our customers. Um, so, so far, from a cash flow perspective, our customers are paying their bills. Um, you know, we've got we're, – we're in fine position with the bank, and we're moving – just in the last month, we're moving from playing defense to playing offense. And that our theme right now is we're playing offense. And are you playing
0: gonna, offense with your own balance sheet capital or are you playing offense with your bank who is providing debt for you?
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're, we will be doing some acquisitions right now. It's just, it's just a, it, like there's too many good things right now not to act on. So, so stay tuned. You'll probably see some stuff, but we're working to, to expand the footprint of the company and there's no better time than right now.
2: Trey, we could talk for... Probably we could do the full two-hour podcast. We're not going to. I do have one final we would be, be drinking if we did a two-hour podcast? fair. What would we be drinking, Andy Rieger? Well, we'd
0: probably be re- drinking you know, a nice glass of yummy J. Rieger & Co.'s <laughs> Kansas City whiskey or a
2: wonderful gin tonic made with Rieger's Midwestern direction. I like that you got your radio voice for that. Trey, we've had other guests on here. Uh, the question I like to ask, I'm in the experience economy, right? And so I like to talk about your favorite experience. You can't talk about your wife or kids. That's a cop-out answer. But yeah. what is the best thing you've ever done? And I. I do need to preface by saying at least one other guest did mention the Dirty Kanza, uh, and I'm curious of if maybe you uh, competed against this other guest or if you have any, you know, history in, in, in bicycle riding. I mean, if
1: you mean did, did I wait at the finish line to cheer him when he came across? Um, we'll just <laughs> let that dog lie. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been blessed because I, I, in endurance kind of things, I just love to do endurance sports. Um, and so I've done Ironman and ultra marathons and all that kind of good stuff. Probably the one that I'm most proud of is I, I have a tradition that on my birthday I run the miles that my birthday is, assuming I'm healthy. So, so I've done that since I was 40. Um, so on my 50th birthday, which was two years ago, we, I essentially uh, declared that I was going to run 50 miles and I was also going to bike 50 miles. Um, but I wanted to turn it into a fundraiser for Operation Breakthrough. Um, and raised $50,000. So end of the day, we raised almost $100,000. Um, and on my birthday, I woke up and went out and ran 50 miles and then hopped on my bike and biked 50 miles. And you did this and all and in the same day? All in the same day. Mm. Um, but, and, and part of that is just to prove to myself that I can do it still as I get older. Uh, but to actually turn that into a thing where we can walk down to Operation Breakthrough after and hand them $98,000, you know, it felt okay. It's
2: really cool. That's awesome. Well, Trey, we appreciate you making time to be on your very first podcast. Uh, Honored to to be able to hang out with you. Thanks for making time. Next one, we'll be drinking for two hours long and talking about even more. Rock and roll. Thank you,
1: guys. (laughs) Thanks, Trey. Have a good one.